Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hello, and thanks for joining in for another episode. I'm excited to have you with me. And before we get into today's topic, if you haven't yet done so, be sure that you hit that follow button on whatever platform you are listening to the show on so that you never miss a future episode. And please do me a favor too and share the show with some friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers. I'd love for you to tell some others to check it out. I do this show to bring value and make an impact and you telling others about the show would really mean a lot to me. Throughout this season, I've emphasized that I'm really focused on helping you to get stuff done and make things happen. We are not just about moving the ball a little bit. No siree. We are here to elevate, separate, and really dominate in everything that you do when it comes to business, when it comes to life, and most definitely when it comes to your career. To stay in line with this, throughout season four, you have heard me do a number of episodes with just me talking about important topics like navigating and accelerating your career how to make changes in your life stick, strategies for effective networking, and more. All of those episodes have great tips and strategies, and if you haven't yet checked those shows out, I hope you will sometime after you listen to this episode. To make it easy to find those shows, if you go look in the show notes for today's show, you can find links to all of those topics. So go check those out, and once again, if you know someone who would really benefit from these topics, send them the link to the show. For today's episode, I wanted to shift away from a career focus and talk more on how we should be leading and positively influencing others. On the show, I always mention that it takes a team to move the ball, but also it's not just about you and your career and people helping you to go forward. It's also about you being on others' teams, you leading and serving other people. No matter whether you are in a management capacity or you're an individual contributor or you're an entrepreneur All of us should be stepping up as leaders and helping others to bring out that best version of themselves each and every day. If you've been a regular listener of the show, then I know that you are someone who is motivated and serious about moving the ball, about achieving your goals, and continuing to elevate in your life. But what about the others around you? When you are in meetings, as an example, do you ever see people who are just sitting there distracted on their phones, unmotivated? and just looking at the clock or surfing Instagram or some other social media outlet? Something I get asked all the time is, how can I motivate someone else? I've got a team, or I've got a teenager, or I've got a dud of a husband or a wife who isn't excited, positive, and optimistic. And Jen, they're not into personal development. They don't have any motivation to do their job, and they have no motivation to really live their best life. How do I change them? Well, on this episode, I'm going to give you a number of strategies that you can use to help motivate and get others to not just move the ball a little bit, but to really get them elevating and hopefully dominating in their game too. But before I do that, I want to start off touching on something that you might find surprising that I'm saying, but just bear with me and hear me out. 
first of all, I'm going to say that it's not your job to necessarily change people. Yes, you can influence, and I think it's important to try and do that. But at the end of the day, remember that it is not your job to fix everybody else's problems in their life. Your job is not to handle everyone else's train wrecks, their drama, their issues, their continual lack of motivation, and just floating through life. That is not your problem. And I say that with all due respect because often we get so frustrated with people because we feel like we should be able to change them. But often what I tell people is to be careful of that. And let me get into that a little bit. When I first started off in the personal development space, when I was in my mid-20s, I remember I was so motivated and driven and I wanted to help my family and all of my friends. I didn't want to fix everybody, but just inspire them all to be their best selves. But the thing I learned is you can't always inspire everyone to be at their best. And boy, did I feel like I was banging my head against the wall sometimes because I really wanted to impact everyone. Here's the thing, though. Some people are into personal development. Some people are into growth. Some people are into motivation. Some are into achievement. And then some people aren't. And what I tell people often is, and I'll give you some strategies that you can use to actually motivate people in a minute. But what I want is I want you to give yourself permission right now to understand that you don't have to fix everybody and not everybody has to be as ambitious, as driven, as optimistic, as into personal growth and professional development as you are. So just remember that. In other words, it's okay that other people have different ambitions for their lives. I think that's critical to understand. And I'll tell you more about this. Earlier in my career, I would just get so, so frustrated. I think, why don't you want to climb the corporate ladder like me? Why not try to get to the C-suite? Why not make a bunch of money and be a millionaire one day? Why don't you want to be happy all the time? Or why don't you want to kick ass at your job? And for some people, that's just not their mode. I'll tell you, I would get, like I said, so frustrated and just aggravated by this. I was like, what in the heck? Why wouldn't you want to be the best and at the top? Why wouldn't you want to have lots of money in the bank, right? We all want that. Why wouldn't you want to lead, to contribute, to serve others? And some people would be like, eh, that's just not my thing. And again, I was like, what do you mean? How can that not be your thing? So again, I just want to emphasize that you don't have to change everybody and just give yourself permission to understand that it's okay if you can't change everyone that you want to. You can certainly impact and motivate and inspire some people, but if you can't reach everyone, don't beat yourself up over that. You'll know who was meant to be in your tribe and it's not everyone. I know that's not the most positive message, but I'm really trying to keep it real. And that's important, too. I'm not going to be on this podcast telling you that you can positively influence and drive every single person. It just doesn't work that way. We all want to help the people that we care about, and we want to try to motivate them. And I get that. And I just wanted to mention this point that I just brought up because it is okay if you've tried to motivate someone and it just isn't working. So don't beat yourself up over it. I know that I certainly have in the past, and I just felt the need to... Just to say that, because if you've been in that spot, just know that it's okay to let yourself off the hook and cut yourself some slack if you're not able to empower and inspire somebody like you want to. Not everybody is as driven as we are. So it's important for us to remember that at the end of the day, you are not responsible for other people's energy. You are not responsible for their ambition. You are not responsible for changing them. So sometimes life has to be their guide and they need to discover their own path. Now, I know that you might be shaking your head or be like, what? I'm a little surprised by this, Jen, but I just had to throw it in there. And again, I needed to feel like I was being real, too. So as leaders who are supposed to be influencing, what do we do? 
we focus on the people that we can inspire and motivate, the people that are in the tribe, the people that want to have our positive energy. That doesn't mean we don't try to help the others, but if it's not working, then you focus your energy and efforts on serving the people who want to be there with you in your circle. Okay, I'm going to stop rambling about that point and let's get into some strategies on how you can influence and motivate others and make a positive impact. I've got seven different strategies for you. The first one is that you have to connect people to a purpose. Connect them to a why. When you look at all the great inspiring leaders and organizations in the world, whether it's Apple or Virgin or Tesla or Martin Luther King Jr. or the Wright brothers, they all think, act, and communicate in the same manner. It's connecting the people to the why, to the purpose. This one concept explains why some organizations and some leaders are able to motivate and inspire where others aren't. Let me share this a little bit more. Every single person, every single organization across the globe knows what they do, 100%. They know what they're supposed to do. Some people know how they do it, whether you call it your differentiated value proposition or your proprietary process, they know what the company is doing and what they're supposed to do. But very, very few people or organizations know why they do what they do. And by why, I don't mean to make a profit. Turning a profit is a business result or a desired outcome. It's not really a why. It's not a purpose. So the great people, the great leaders are able to communicate what the purpose is. What's their cause? What's their belief? Why does their organization exist? Think about purpose in the personal context. Why do you get out of bed in the morning? And why should anyone care? This is how we need to think about our work teams and the people we want to motivate. Inspired leaders and inspired organizations connect their people to the why, to the purpose. Let me give you an example. When I worked at GE Aviation, this was something that the leadership truly understood was needed in order to continue to produce results, sure, but also to keep people motivated and inspired to be great employees and to do amazing things. And so what they did was they hired these consultants, and I'm sure they paid them a ton of money, but they figured out what the purpose statement needed to be for the organization. And this is what they came up with. Their purpose statement was, we invent the future of flight, lift people up, and bring them home safely. I'll say that again. We invent the future of flight, lift people up, and bring them home safely. Now, not only did this sound great, but it connected people to the purpose, and it made them feel like they were a part of something bigger. It made them proud to come to work and to give it everything they had because they felt this sense of importance in the products and the services that the company was providing to the marketplace. Another quick example. When I worked at the Boeing company in their defense business, we would occasionally have these meetings where military service members would come in and talk about how much they loved our products and how important these products were to accomplishing their mission and helping to save lives. And being able to hear about the impact that the teams were making for these military customers, that really hit home for a lot of people. So that, again, it made people connect to like why what they did was so important. And it makes people want to wake up in the morning super motivated to do the best job that they can because they know the impact that their work is doing on the community, on their customers, on the people they serve. So those are just a couple of examples of how connecting people to a purpose is important and really will make a difference and inspire people to take action if you do this. So Again, make sure that you are connecting people to your why. And if you're in an organization and you don't understand the purpose yourself, well, then that's the first step. You need to get a grasp on that for yourself, digest it, connect with it, and then communicate and help others get connected to that purpose as well. 
So that's strategy number one. Number two is about creating. People support what they create. If you want to motivate someone to do something, they must be actively involved in shaping and creating the vision or the idea or the strategy or the planning for what you are trying to do. You can't just walk into a team and say, hey, everybody, do this. Be motivated. Now, sometimes you can find some highly motivated people that'll be like, okay, sure, let's go. But most people would be like, huh, what? What is this new idea? If they're not involved in the creation of the idea formulation or the strategic planning around it, then people tend to be very critical. And guess what people do when they're critical? They do nothing. Guess what people look like when they're critical? They're unmotivated. What's happening is they're full of doubt or uncertainty or they don't get it because they didn't get to participate. They didn't buy into it from the beginning. So if you want people to be motivated, you have to invite them in to participate in the process. With no participation, there's no motivation or very little of it. When you come to them with an idea, they're a bit resistant sometimes. They're like, wait, what? What is this all about? But if you ask them a bunch of questions and they come up with the idea or a part of the, the solution, have you ever seen them turn on? They're like, oh, I got this idea. They get so excited about it. When they have the idea, they get motivated for it. So your job is to ask questions, not to be the person to tell them to be more motivated. And what you ask is important. You got to ask them questions that tie into their passions, their desires, their needs, their hopes, their problems, all of that stuff. You need to connect with them empathetically and with curiosity. So ask them questions. You can ask someone like, well, what's real for you? What are you trying to do? What would you like to do? Oh, you like to do that? What would be your next steps in this situation? What would you do? What might be something that you can do here to get us to X? Like these are all questions that you can ask them and let them generate more ideas. As they generate these ideas, they feel like they are participating and engaged in the process. And then those ideas become theirs and there's a sense of ownership tied to it. And when someone has an idea that they feel is theirs, they want to protect it. They want to nurture it and they want to make it happen because they've got skin in the game versus you just saying, be motivated to do this thing or go execute on that. They now, again, have that ownership and they want to own their game, to use words that you might have heard me say on a podcast before. So again, you want people to be connected to the process, be involved, be engaged and have that sense of ownership. So ask the people on your team or in your life to get involved early and to participate. Now, I know that some of you might say, well, Jen, what if they don't want to participate? Well, it's because you haven't cued them correctly. You haven't asked them enough questions that were genuine questions, authentic questions that were questions for them, not for you. There's a difference between asking for participation asking for engagement, and seeking to manipulate. And that's why most people fail in motivating other people. Their intention is to get this person to the specific outcome. And that's when they consider them to be motivated. But no, they're trying to manipulate other people to follow their path, their curse, and be them. And we've all had people in our lives who have done this, who have an outcome and they're just trying to steer you to it. They're not trying to actively engage you and have you participate in the idea creation. So remember that you really have to be the one that is trying to empower and engage through conversation and asking questions. It's not about overly controlling anybody. What you want to do is create greater freedom and belief with them by having them become active in the dialogue around what it is that you're trying to solve and accomplish. And when they're in that active dialogue with you, creating, generating ideas, brainstorming, 
that's going to create the energy that can later translate into real motivation. So I hope that helps. Remember, people support what they create. Once you get that and find the right way to engage them by asking the right questions, everything shifts. The next one is to empower their competency. Now, if someone has shared something or they have a vision or they have a goal, but they seem really unmotivated, often it's because they lack competency for getting there. What does that mean? It means they don't have the map, a set of strategies, or again, to use something that I would say, a playbook. Oftentimes, people have goals, but they seem unmotivated because they are stuck. They don't know what to do. They have the hope. They have the idea. They have the ambition, but they literally don't know what to do on Monday. And when you lack competency, then you often lack motivation. In fact, psychology and high-performance studies show, so don't just take my word for it, research shows that when you lack competency, you lack confidence. Well, if I don't feel confident towards something, obviously, I'm less likely to be motivated to go for it, right? So you have to understand this important nature of competency and confidence. This is often referred to as the competence-confidence loop. Let me just clarify that when I'm talking about competency. Competency means a collection of knowledge, skills, abilities, and talents that allows you to have the know-how to do something. If you don't have the know-how to do it, you're not going to try. And if you don't try, You don't get the hit of confidence. But if you have the competency, the knowledge, the skills, the ability, and the empowerment to do something, guess what happens? Oh, I take the step. Oh, I've got some reward. I've got some progress. I'm getting some momentum here. I feel more confident. I'm more motivated to try again. So my friends, your job here is if you really want to lead people or motivate them, you've got to ask them whether or not they have what they need to be able to do the thing they're looking to achieve. Do you know what you need to do? Should we brainstorm a plan? Do you need to get a new skill? Do you need to get a mentor? Do you need to read some books on that or articles or research online? Do you need to take some courses? Because if they lack the know-how, then how would you expect them to know what to do? So it's important to empower people with competency. I'm always thinking about that. If I'm not sure what somebody wants, I ask them, what do you need for that? A new tool, new training, new video, new insight? Your job is not to motivate them solely with rah-rah words, but real empowerment. Give them the tools, the education, the training, the resources, or access to those things, the things that they need to be successful. And once they have that, if you are a leader in an organization, then think about this. You also have to empower them with what is essentially decision-making authority and trust. Meaning, if they kind of know how, you need to step back. Step back and let them mess it up and try. Give them that autonomy. One reason people get demotivated is because as they're starting out and they're in that hot mess mode of not knowing how it's going, the person trying to motivate them is judging them. Guess what judgment does? It shuts people down. So you've got to let people experiment, try, be a hot mess, not get ahead. And as they're trying, you're celebrating the effort. You're not just awaiting the outcome. You're championing them. You're recognizing the progress but you don't want them to feel like they're being judged by you engaging in the process. So again, people need to be cheered on even when they're failing. People need to be cheered on even when they're stuck. And if you aren't actively providing them with the tools, the resources, the education, the decision-making authority, trust, or cheering them on, no wonder they're not motivated. They feel disempowered. And when someone is disempowered, they're never going to have the goals, dreams, and the drive that you want them to have or that they're even capable of. It's so important. And if you can't give it to them, cue it to them. Ask them, what books could you read? Again, what courses could you take? 
send them videos and send them podcasts or other resources that can be helpful. If people say to me, Jen, you're motivating, it's because I'm always giving them tools, resources, and asking them questions to make them think about what they need to be doing to move forward. I'm hopefully motivating them by empowering them. That's my goal versus just being the rah-rah person. Yes, it's great to have a positive attitude and to bring that forward and let people feed off of that energy. But for me, it's about giving people real tools to help them, not just saying something to make them feel good just in the moment. And hopefully through the various episodes of this show that you've listened to, you felt empowered by different conversations that I've had with my guests where they've shared tools that have helped them as well as episodes like these where I'm just providing different strategies and tips to help keep you moving that ball forward. Now, the next strategy is to remember humans first. I've mentioned this on the show a few times before. People first, business second. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. People first, business second. Make sure you are connecting with others on an emotional level. Building and sustaining relationships with people is not just for networking. It's also key if you want to try and motivate others around you. Some things I want to emphasize here. You got to treat people kindly. As a leader, you need to treat the people helping you with the utmost respect and kindness. Hand out praise when it's warranted. This may seem simple and something you may already know, but believe it or not, many people don't think about it. They don't do it. And it's a big motivation booster when people are treated right. People enjoy knowing when they're doing a good job and they enjoy working with people that treat others with kindness. And that kindness and praise, it's got to be genuine. I've also said that on the show before. And being kind, here's the nice thing about it. It doesn't cost you anything. One thing that I've always done in my career, and it's worked well for me, is I've always treated people with kindness and respect, no matter what level they were at in the organization. People deserve to be shown compassion and caring, and they will remember you and they will help you if you make them feel like you care, genuinely care about them. So, I mean, that was one thing that I did early in my career. I think I mentioned that too, on that navigating and accelerating your career podcast series, that two-part series, I talked about how you need to treat people kindly and with respect. And one thing that I used to do when I was in an engineering organization was I had a very, very tough technical challenge ahead of us. And my team came through for me every single time. And we had a lot of visibility on our organization. And every single time we hit the mark that people didn't think we were going to hit, I made sure to write handwritten note cards to each and every one of them, thanking them for their continued hard work. And there were other things that I would do too, but it was always genuine and it was about me showing that I cared about them as people. It wasn't just about business. Another thing you need to do is be a good listener. No one likes to feel like they don't matter. Just because you have final say in something doesn't mean that you can't get some help with the important decision making. People enjoy feeling like they're making a difference. So your job is to always keep an open ear and you'll be motivating your team to come up with solutions and creative ideas. Again, it's active listening. It's listening to understand, not listening to respond. That's also something that we've talked about on this podcast. If you're curious about that or you want to hear more on that too, that was discussed in my very first episode of season four with Chris Leak. He does a really great job about talking about listening to understand. And again, it's about getting to know people on a human level, not just about their career ambitions or their business stuff. Get to know them as people. Ask questions about their interests, their family, and get to know random facts about them. People like it when you feel like you want to know who they are as people. Again, it's not just about the job. And by doing this, you're also keeping lines of communication open and that's going to make people want to talk more with you and engage and feel like they're in the process and that's going to help motivate them 
as well. All right, this next one is about goals and rewards. It is important that you have clear goals and also have rewards. This is the hardest thing for people. Let's take it out of the business context for a minute. If someone in your personal life is lacking motivation, you can't just go up to them and say, you should have goals. They're going to be like, "Uh, shut up. I'm watching Netflix right now, or I've got goals, or I'm doing my own thing. Don't worry about me. You've got to learn to pull things out from them and empower that if they don't have goals, you could be like, well, if you had what you wanted in life and you were who you wanted to be, what would that look like? And then you've got to help step them backwards through it. Okay, I'd love to live in this town with this kind of house or this type of person, this type of thing. Then you tell them to work backwards to get there. Okay, well, what would you have to do to earn that? What would you have to do to become that? What are some goals you could set? If you could start marching towards that, what's something you could do in the next 30 days to begin? Don't think you are going to motivate people who aren't really motivated now with super long-term goals. You know who the people are that are driven by really long-term goals or higher-level goals? Often what we call mission or purpose, people who are already achievement-driven like you and me. But people who are stuck and people who are unmotivated just need to take that first step or those first two steps. So help them start with a monthly goal, and you can even break it down further for them if you want or with them. So it's really about, again, just small steps forward. You don't want to overwhelm them with trying to start something completely new and have a big, big goal because overwhelming feelings often leads to more demotivation. And if they're already not motivated, then you making them feel like they're trying to take on too much is not going to help. So again, just help them recognize, realize, and discover small steps and also set some rewards for achieving those smaller goals. So you're going to do what this month? Let's pretend it's the 30th of the month and you actually did it. How would you celebrate? Help them, engage them in coming up with some type of reward system because that's going to make them want to achieve that thing. And when they hit it, they're going to be motivated to continue and some momentum is going to be behind them. And so they're going to be off rocking and rolling. So helping people set smaller goals, especially if they're not used to goal setting and they're not feeling motivated, is going to help them. And then it's really about the mini victories, right? Celebrating those smaller goals, rewarding them. And that's something that I think is just so important that people forget about. So in your dialogue with them, start talking about the win too, more than you're talking about the work. So in your dialogue with them, start talking with them about the win more than you're talking about the work because you're often telling them to work and to be motivated. But if you talk about getting the thing, the reward, that will motivate them to continue to do the work so that way they will be able to celebrate and feel like they have accomplished something. Again, this isn't for everybody. If people are high performing, they've already got this down. But if you're trying to motivate someone that might be in a funk, maybe they were driven at one point and something happened. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. This is how you can help get them back on track. So especially to, I mean, people are working longer hours and they're feeling more stressed and overwhelmed just with everything that's going on in the economy and just what you see on the news and all that. So having those mini victories, rewarding the little things is really important to helping people to get the ball moving, wanting to continue to move the ball and continuing to make more progress. All right, I've got two more for you. This next one is really important. It's about an environment of transparency. Transparency is so critical to getting people motivated and keeping them motivated. In fact, transparency has also been called the currency of trust. And as you know, trust is the foundation of any relationship. As transparency increases, trust increases. And the inverse is also true. Transparency starts with opening up the lines of communication and sharing. 
You offer and receive information, and as you do, mutual trust increases. As you are more transparent, trust grows, and the strength of the relationship grows too. Look, nobody likes to be left in the dark, so make sure you are that person who is open about your thinking and your decisions with your people. That doesn't mean you have to tell them everything. Some things might not be ripe to share at the present time, but you do have to make an effort to communicate with your people on the important issues or things as when people feel like they are in the know, they will be more motivated to work on and accomplish things that you are asking of them. In a rapidly changing and uncertain world, transparency matters. That is so true today. During times of turmoil, people are stressed. When there's uncertainty, when the economy is like it is, interest rates are higher than they've been in a long time. I mean, it's a crazy time. And so people, when it comes to the business world too, and in their jobs, they want to know what is happening in the workplace and how they are going to be impacted by these forces that are out of their control. So they want and they need leaders to be honest, to be candid, to be clear, and they want people that are going to provide them with detailed information. They might not know all the answers at the moment, and people respect leaders who are open and honest about that, but they do want information and they want some transparency. So that situational transparency or being transparent about the business and the company, that matters and it makes a huge difference. So I want you to keep that in mind. But this goes beyond that in a leadership role too. You need to be transparent, not just in sharing information, but in sharing a part of yourself as well. When you are transparent and open about yourself, that transparency will foster transparency and openness from others, which is a huge factor in employee happiness and employee motivation. There's been so many studies on this. If I can believe and trust my leadership, then I'll work hard for them. Transparency equals trust. Trust equals I'll work hard. That's what people are thinking about. Simply put, we trust people who are more transparent and will work harder for those we trust. Remember that I said humans first? You have to open up about yourself and allow others to get close enough and see the real you. Showcase some vulnerability as well. That's okay. Share your story. You also have to share what matters most to you. It's not just about business. It's also about people as people. So describe your values, your motivations to other people. Demonstrate openly how your values influence your decisions and your day-to-day -day activities. Remember, too, it's about being consistent and about being clear on how you make choices, too. So when you make a mistake, you need to own that. This is so important. So many people miss this. If you don't know something, too, put it out there. We are not perfect. We are human, and people understand that. So, again, don't miss the opportunity to be transparent, to be vulnerable. If there's a misstep on your part, acknowledge and own that. Or if you're falling short on something, ask for help. Being flawed and showing vulnerability shows strength and makes people want to connect and work with you. So the message here is make sure you're not only fostering an open environment of transparency when it comes to business or company information, that is very important, but also with who you are as a person and what drives and motivates you. Connect with other people on a human level. All right, the last big strategy that I have for you is, it's not anything earth shattering, but it's important. Be the role model. Now, remember, you always have to remember people are watching you, and so you need to be the role model for other people. They need to see you leading and living with real motivation and drive. How do you do that? It's not just about seeing you work hard. What they need, if you want them to be more motivated, is to be in dialogue about motivational things as well. So let me go further on that. Your job here is to share more often and more consistently with the people that you're trying to motivate your whys, and your distinctions along the way. What I mean by that is you've got to share in a continual conversation, hey, I'm working to this, and I just learned that if I did this this way, I would get this outcome. Now I'm more excited 
to do it. You've got to share that a lot, very consistently. You need, you need to share your journey. You need to share lessons on your journey more with them because if you are motivated, they see you motivated. It's not about bragging. So again, keep the ego in check, but it's really about people seeing you having so much fun and positivity and succeeding and moving ahead. And you're including them in the process. You're engaging them. You're making them feel like they are a part of it. And people want to see other people succeed. And if they're seeing you happy and bringing that positive energy forward, guess what? That's contagious. So make sure that you are sharing that because it's going to be infectious. People are going to want to bring positive energy forward as well. Well, most people, there are some negative Nancys in the world, but most people are going to want to do that. So be that role model. Remember that people are watching you. Remember that your actions and your words have an impact on other people. And so it's about empowering the other people around you. It's also about empowering the next generation. Why is it that we have so many people from the younger generations that are struggling to be motivated right now? Have you ever thought about that? It's because the people who already succeeded, who have achieved different things in their lives, they don't always share. They don't mentor. They don't role model. They don't coach. They don't help others because they're not thinking about it. So what happens is, these younger generations are left alone trying to figure things out and they just don't have that knowledge. And so that's demotivating. They don't have these standards that people that might have good mentors might be holding themselves to. And so their purpose, they're not feeling that connection to purpose as well. So remember that you have to be the role model that is mentoring, that is coaching, that is guiding, that is sharing, that is, again, bringing that positive energy but also that you're looking to empower, influence, and inspire others through knowledge, through tools, through sharing best practices, lesson learned, all of those things. In my Move the Ball book, which you guys all know is how this Move the Ball movement started, there is a chapter called Don't Just Be a Player. This is about how you need to be the coach. You need to be the mentor. You need to be the role model for other people. It's important to help others along your journey. And one way that you can do that is by sharing your stories, your experiences, your perspectives, because all of that matters. Sometimes we think that our stories don't matter. Yes, they do. If you listen to the recent episode with Renee Rodriguez, we talk all about how to amplify your influence. You have a voice and that voice matters and can help other people. So share until they tell you to stop. Again, it's all in how you share your successes, your struggles. The struggles are very important. You share what keeps you going and what you are learning. All of it is going to make a difference. So there you have it. Seven ways to inspire and motivate others, connect people to a purpose, involve people as they will support what ideas they create, empower them with competency. Remember that people are humans first and treat them with kindness and empathy, set goals and rewards, foster an environment of transparency, and be the role model for those that you want to motivate. When you do these things, you will increase your chances of inspiring others to do great things. Now, get out there, try these things, go inspire people, but do it with empathy, do it with participation, and do it with the belief that you sharing your story and your journey can be just as motivating to those around you. You definitely are a force in this world, so don't be afraid to mentor and share, stay motivated, and lead those around you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. As always, you are much appreciated. If you know someone who you think might benefit from this specific show or any of the other episodes, please, again, do me a favor, pass them along. I always am thankful for those who share this podcast with other people. Once again, go check out the other episodes of the show you might have missed. 
I've got some links to a few of those podcasts in the show notes. And if I can ever be a resource for you, or you want to share how you are moving the ball and making an impact, go to my website, www.getinsidethehuddle.com and send me a note. I always love hearing from people. You can always hit me up there or on LinkedIn as well. There's links to both of those in the show notes too, as well as a link if you're interested in picking up a copy of Move the Ball or the new book, Dominate the Game. All right, thanks so much for listening to today's show again, and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends, too. Next, I want you to go to getinsidethehuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.